Get Uhuru. Of course, the song was released all those many years ago. The question is, has it changed to the extent that we might be able to freely say we have achieved our freedom? And freedom takes place or takes form in many ways. The conversation we have, which is acutely aligned to that, is the African communities and the reinvestment into them by those who have since migrated from such communities. If we are talking about a reinvestment in African societies, African communities, I think of myself, I think of the guest to whom I'm about to speak, and many others who might follow a similar description as to who and what we are, where we are, versus where we come from, and what we are doing insofar as it relates to ensuring that our communities, because of us, are better for it, as opposed to continuously becoming sources of inspiration only for those persons who come from there to be taken elsewhere into parts of the country and the globe, obviously, and contributing as they do and creating the brain drain and other pillaging of skills and related would-be investments in those communities. One is minded to talk about black tax, but I don't think it's black tax in the true sense. It's a far greater conversation that we are having, one which is not just limited to African, black African communities in particular, but rather how we ensure the societies that make us who we become reap a strong and a sizable benefit because of what we have become so that it is that much easier for those who are still there and becoming to become easier. Pastor Tando Melane is on the line to have this conversation with me, and I should say I appreciate it when listeners of the program do engage us in terms of possible topics that we should have. This very topic was initiated by Butando himself, and I thought it was a very appropriate conversation to have, more particularly at this time of the year when there's just so much investment we can do in the schools, in the communities from which we come, or particularly as it is the back-to-school drive, primary, high school, as well as tertiary institutions, and, of course, getting back to work, how we can help new employees in our spaces of work. The topic is wide, as are the views. So let's get them coming, and let's get them coming now, please. Johannesburg 714-2006. That's the line to get hold of us and speak and speak freely, please, albeit respectfully at all times. 0614-104-107, that's the WhatsApp facility, and the SMS line is 41394. Pastor Melan, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good evening, Sonia. Thank you for this opportunity, kindly, um, and thank you for giving me this time. What did you have in mind when you and I were having a conversation just to bring the listeners in in this conversation? What did you have in mind when you said you were concerned about African professionals and those who come from African communities not doing enough to develop the people of those communities and the broader environment that community is made of? Perhaps you might just want to set the scene for us so that the listeners can also jump in appropriately? Uh, this this was sparked off, ah. uh, if I should say, when I was listening to the announcement of the metric results. I happened to be listening to a statistician or a scientist who was really um, dissecting the metric results. What shocked me 
was uh, firstly that um, of the million and odd of learners who started a grade R, uh, you have 200 and something thousand that did not make make it into the metric. And secondly is that um, you have 55% of girls who set for the metric exams compared to the 45% of of males, whom we know that those are younger males, and whom we know also that are predominantly black. And if you go around the country, you find that um, the buildings that have been destroyed um, primarily are actually black schools literally destroyed, everything being taken. And if a nation is judged by how educated and the level of education of of its citizens, what it necessarily means uh, by and large for the black people is that we are on a serious um, slipping slope and um, it's slipping because pri- primarily um, we are not investing enough as blacks in terms of our human resources and our financial resources back to our communities. I, the, I don't know how many of us uh, invest anything in the primary school or the high school that we have been in, yet we continually getting results um, that uh, are not palatable at all uh-huh. um, as, 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 as black people. And I am of the conviction that um, politicians are not going to help us that much. And the only help that we have is the help that is going to come from us if we roll our sleeves and get involved in the education of our children. By our children, I use that in an organic manner, that that child who is in Langa, who is in in Kailicha, needs my help, uh, needs my contribution in whatever way. I must be contributing. Otherwise, if we are not doing that, we are fastly sinking. We're in conversation with Pastor Tando Melane of Destined for Greatness Ministries operating out of Cape Town. The conversation he therefore has invited you at home to have with him and us on the platform and together. Let's talk about reinvesting in African communities, although in his opening remarks he has slanted quite heavily into the black African communities, but I don't think his saying that necessarily excludes those who don't fit that particular description. We're taking calls on Johannesburg 714-2006. Butando, let's talk about the structure of the economy 
mm-hmm. and, and, and how the centers of opportunity, of academic excellence, and mm-hmm. the sort of aspirations any ordinary human being would want for oneself and to access, how as a function of our history, largely mm-hmm. in Johannesburg, Cape Town, to mm-hmm. an extent KZN, and to a very limited extent, Mangawung. Yeah. That if, is if, a, a major contribution in, for instance, provinces like the Northern Cape, the Eastern mm-hmm. Cape, mm-hmm. Free State, Mbumalanga, Limpopo, all losing their best to these migrant provinces, then let me call them that, never mind what Helen Ziller had to say about the Western Cape, yeah. Gauteng, <laughs> and, and, and KZN, but that is a reality, however uncomfortable a reality. How does that get arrested so that you and I are operating out of the Eastern Cape? Because that is where we both come from. It, 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 it's in, in, in every province. I, I must say that there are pockets of this, but they are not enough to move us to a higher level as corporately and as a nation. The reality is that I come from the Eastern Cape, uh, and I'm in Cape Town, which says to me as an individual, what is my contribution back to my community? I have Mitchell's Plain, I have Langa, I have I have Luanle Township, I have Bonkevo, for that matter. Uh, what is my contribution here? But also... Do I have a burden to contribute back to my high school? And, 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 and by this, whether I am, I am in the rural of rural of Venda, I can, um, why, why should it be easy for us to go to a funeral back home and not be easy for us to take a day or two and go and spend time in my high school or lower primary? Why should it be easier to rush for a funeral and not rush for for an, a living investment? Um, and, and I'm saying our mindset has got to change. Uh, we have to see that it is upon us. I, I want to emphasize again, there's nothing more that our politicians are going to do more than what we can do. And if we don't learn that, if we're waiting for politicians to inspire our our brothers and sisters, we 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 are shooting ourselves in in our foot. If we are waiting for the politicians to build schools, and um, at least in my high school in Port Elizabeth, there are not less than five thousand people who have gone through that high school. What is it for me to contribute to 50 rand a month? Imagine 50 rand times 3,000, let's say. How much would it make annually for that particular high school? And we determine what should be done in terms of developing that particular high school. What, what would it take for a neighbor who sees that the high school has been ransacked to speak up and to do something about it. Why should we wait for the police? Why should we wait for for the government to see that the high school is being ransacked 
and the high school is going is is being destroyed uh, why should we give our responsibility to the government um and so my whole persuasion is is again unless we do something as individuals we primarily we don't need to be organized but but we just need a conviction that says unless i do something about this nothing is going to happen i'm not going to look to my neighbor at first i'm going to look at doing something my neighbor will join me in see in seeing that i am doing something about it i'm uh, i'm making a clarion call I, i'm saying we, we are in a serious problem mm. we, we we need we, we need a serious individual um intervention that will end up being a mass intervention but i'm saying that mass if it's not constituted by individuals who have a conviction that something needs to be done what are your convictions is essentially the question that tando milani is asking what are your convictions in relation to investing his words in a living thing we are very quick and able to attend to funerals on two or three four days notice from wherever we are working to wherever we come from but perhaps not as efficient in spending if not the time the resource or the combination of both in investing in living things what is it then that could be offered as a solution to ensure that those communities on the margins margins economically margins socially margins even on simple things as information and the political franchise that we are all guaranteed but do not quite enjoy in equal measure that is essentially the conversation we are having this evening where do you work where is home how often do you go home how do you invest in home so that the kid who you leave behind at home in the broader village setup is not only inspired to be you dare i say to be better than you and ultimately operating from home so that the role model life circulates where it is most needed mm-hmm. i do have a couple of calls the time is 2025 i have some 10 minutes left or 15 of this conversation but please do not hang around call us and call us now andrew in durban good evening yes let me get your name right songezo 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 yes sir how's it songezo well man how's it You see this conversation uh, it's a really important conversation but I can tell you now there are probably tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people that want to assist but let me give you my my experience with one thing to assist mm-hmm. I'll give you a, a short little story because you only got a very limited time I attended the colleges back in the 70s when it was LT Johnson when when we were when you we were apprentices You came you finished your 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 schooling with a, a practical qualification and a theoretical qualification. So what we are doing now, we are just churning out students with pieces of paper year after year after year. That system fell by the wayside. Now they are now TVET colleges. A lot of them still have those defunctional workshops where we used to do practicals in them and but they're not being used. I'm talking just simply about my example. Mm. I tried in vain over and over and over for months on end if not over a year to two years to get a government department to listen to say listen the president says to mamina we're picking up our hands 
They don't return emails. They don't phone back. We don't even need their money. All we are saying is, look at a different module. Stop churning out uh, students with pieces of paper all over the place. You show me one artisan that goes hungry. You wouldn't find a proper artisan that's trained properly going hungry. Back in from the 70s when we were apprentices. We are, we are retirement ages. We want to give these skills back. But nobody listens. I challenge you now. You can take my number. Let any minister, any department, to call, to call or even have this conversation and say, look, you guys want to help. We are listening. Nobody wants to listen. I've been to virtually every department. I've sent emails, letters to the president's office. Nothing. But yet we want to help. Yeah, sure. No, I get you. Let me cut you there, Andrew. I do appreciate that call. And I think this is probably an experience that you have that many will be able to echo for want of time. We probably might not get through them. It certainly does sound familiar. I don't know what your experiences are there in Mafeke and KGM. Good evening. <laughs> KGM. Hey, Sonjas. Good evening, Sonjas. How's it, man? What's happening? Good evening to your guest and, and to my fellow listeners. Look, I'm sure you, I suspect you're going to hear the same sentiment. And you probably have an idea of my story. I used the little resources that I had, came up with a, a multi-trillion development of a city in, in the Eastern Cape, where you come from. A project that is as viable as viability can be. Politicians at the highest accolades of power say this, and they say it categorically, they can deny it all they want. If there is nothing in it for us, we are going to do everything in our powers to make sure that it doesn't work. So yes, mm. this project would have would have not been just good for uh, the Port St. John's area. It wouldn't have been good just for the Eastern Cape or even for South Africa. It would have been good for the continent. Now, this level, high level of hypocrisy, I, I challenge your, your guest. He talks about... Sorry, whose hypocrisy? Hypocrisy on the part of the government? The, the government. Yes, very well. No, 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 definitely not your guest. I'm, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> government and politicians. Hallelujah. This hypocrisy of people uh, like, I, I, I hear your guest. We talk in the same language. But my brother, the minute you put into practice, like realistically do it. I went to, to the Eastern Cape driving myself alone. I came back being driven and having six, seven bodyguards. You tell me, who in his or her right mind would, would, as young as I am, would risk to a point of saying, let them kill me for wanting to help my own people? Not gonna That's happen. the problem in mm. this country. Mm. Not going to happen. I'm going to have to move on. Thank you for your sentiments. Jay, back in Durban where Andrew was, and of course, could we have a conversation like this without Mike in Newlands? Let's go to Jay. Hi, good evening, and thank you for taking my call, and good wishes for the 2022 to you and Likewise, the lady Jay, who takes the call. And yeah, um, you touched on a point about 
people walking away from home and living in jungles and where have you and separated from the kids, especially school going kids and adolescents. And what a heartbreaking separation that is the most beautiful stage of the life. So how do we uh, uh, can come about where the government and stakeholders can put things right, um, especially uh, for uh, uh, for the travelers who haven't got their own uh, vehicles, like the railroad and, uh, uh, you know, buses and things like that. Now, if these th- things are put in place and the various, various areas where they can build up you know, complexes and duplexes, make it convenient for these uh, parents and individuals to accommodate their families in those complexes. Why must they live in such poor state? It is so devastating to watch this thing going on and on. Our beautiful South Africa is not a poor country. It is rich, lovely, and wonderful. Certainly. So I think... We all, the, we, every one of us now should walk the talk and go marching too, wherever it is that we have to get things done. Don't mm-hmm. burn down buildings and destroy anything. Stand there and demand it has to be done. The railroads must be running again. The roads must be attended to. And every structure in this country must be attended to so that commerce and industry and economic and job seekers will be at work, and nobody will be walking the street. Thank you so much, Jay. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. We must essentially organize better and demand better as a community is what I take out from what Jay and Durban has said. Hang on a bit there, Butanda, as well. We have another two callers, and I think it's probably a good time to wrap after the second call. They're both in Cape Town, first in Newlands. Mike. Hi, Sangeza. Good evening. Uh, I, I sparked the, my, the reason for my call was this. Uh, first of all, I, I wanted to say something. I think that every South African, no matter what your race group or your beliefs or your religion, has one thing in common. We believe a properly educated and decently educated population will save our country. And to this question, I want to put it to your guest, who's talking about 50 Rand here and 50 Rand there. Uh, without getting into an ANC bashing situation, we have an amazing situation at the moment where 431 million went missing. Uh, under the MEC Panyaza Lesufi's watch. No effort has been made to recover one rand, not one rand. It's, it's well over a year that this happened. For the first time ever, I'm having problems with you, Mike. Can you just go back to the producer, Lesejo, to sort it out? I'm going to proceed for a moment with Mzingisi in Cape Town with the hope that I'll return to you, Mike. Mzingisi in Cape Town, good evening, Bud. Okay, so we have lost Mzingisi. I don't know what's happening with Mike for a moment, but as soon as he's ready to get back, we will certainly have him back. Um, okay, Mike, let's try again. Yeah. How's that sound? How am I? Yeah. Sounds better. Uh, so must be great. So I just wanted to say that, look, you know, one thing we have to agree on is that uh, a properly, decently educated population will save South Africa. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what age, your race group, your belief system, or whatever it is, we have that common denominator. We need properly educated people. But your guest was talking about a 50 rand here and a 50 rand there, we can raise this money and that money. And I, unfortunately, my blood just runs cold and I lose interest immediately because your guest is not being honest with himself 
and and nor is he being honest with 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 the, with the situation we have with our Department of Education. So I want to put it to your guest that look, we have massive corruption in this country. We have a classic case at the moment, Sogezo, where uh, almost a year ago this week, 431 million went missing from Panyasa Lusufi's MEC for Education Department in Gauteng. Mm, mm. Uh, uh, not one person has been arrested. <laughs> Nobody's been uh, summoned to court. No, no police investigations have happened. Absolutely nothing. And we are not even getting the decency of a report back from Panyasa Lusufi. I think you're guys. a little bit being unfair. Sorry to interrupt you there, Mike. Yes, I sure. think to an extent you are being unfair on what Tando has said. I think one of the early remarks that he had made was we need to forget about always thinking that government is going to be the answer. I didn't, and I don't see how you could have come to the conclusion that whatever is wrong in the public space is condoned in any way. Rather, just the focus on what little we, you, me, Tando, the three of us, can do where the government failures are for exactly what you refer to, that the common denominator is we need a country that is educated. We need to invest where we can. This doesn't at all consider or contemplate what government's responsibilities are, and to the extent that they are failing, they are not at all being condoned. How is it that Tando is being dishonest, as you are saying? Okay, well, maybe the, I'm not being dishonest. I hope I didn't use that word. I didn't certainly didn't mean dishonest, but I think being, um, he's not being... Um, well, you said he's not uh, being honest. Well, That's I being did, dishonest. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I apologize. I did say that, and I probably, I suppose, in kind of way, I'm not being honest. He's honest being, being honest with himself, because let's agree on one thing. It doesn't matter. We can't always rely on the government, and I would be the last person to do that. It wouldn't be where I am today if I relied on the ANC to give me all the government, to give me one re- any hand up. I've never had a hand up from this government. But on the other hand, we have to also acknowledge the fact that the government is the keeper of the funds. And the little money that we have, that we earn and we pay in taxes, we pay to this government. And the only thing we can ask is the government might be inefficient. It might be completely incompetent in many respects. But at all the time, we want the government to be honest. But this is not what we have. And on to your guest, I say this. We know for a fact 431 million has gone missing. We know that MEC from There's the no dispute. Sorry, Mike, I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to move sure. on. There's no dispute to any of what you're saying. The question is, and the debate that we are engaging on is, how do we arrange as private citizens in advance, common advance, for the greater good of the public? This debate was not about what government is doing wrong or right. I haven't asked that question. I think I have a fair grasp of what you are saying, and nobody is disputing that. Nobody in this platform has disputed what you are saying. The response that Tando wants to engage is, how do we better engage? He put a solution out there, 3,000 rand times 50 in a month over a period of 12 months. That, that's going to give you 1.8 million rand. Now, that 1.8 million rand could do something as opposed to nothing. It could do something, especially because, as you have said, 430-odd million went missing. It's, what, a drop in the ocean, 1.8 against 430. It's something over nothing. Let's continue. Mzingisi in Cape Town. Good evening, sir. Very important uh, conversation and uh, thinking to the guest. And we are all thinking about what your guest is uh, uh, what your topic is today we don't know how to go about that but uh, your guest has managed to bring that topic and uh, for me when i put some years i'm not i'm unemployed let me say i'm I'm, I'm self-employed i'm working i'm hustling and i'm uh, under the government of the uh, hustling like uh, nobody's business but my 
question uh, to your guest is uh, what's the action plan? How does he envisage this to work? What is it? Because when it involves man, when I put something, it becomes a problem. You understand? So he's spoken about 3,000, but now if we get, there can be an action plan is that deposit money there, it's going to work like this, but this time this is going to happen. You know, action plan that would be rather than talking, talking, because we've been talking and we'll at the end of the day sound like oh, government and talk things and never do anything. <laughs> so if we can put action in whatever we think so that we see I'm an entrepreneur. Very well. We see if it happens, if it hap- if it happens well, it happens well. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. When I put in Thank you so much, Putin in Cape Town. I think, Pastor Melana, you've got a lot to think about there <laughs> and respond to. So what I propose to do is to take a very short break. The time is 20.40 here on SAFM, The Viewpoint. Pastor Tando Melana is on the line talking about how do we organize communities to reinvest in communities. In the nature of his introduction, it was largely about black communities, but certainly if you don't fit that description biographically, it doesn't mean you're out of the conversation. Your views are just as important. And we continue after the break with Tando's views in response. SMS SAFM now on 41391. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mapepe on SAFM. Hi, Songhez, good evening. It's really here in Christian. You know, Songhez, what your guest is saying, it's very understandable, yes. But unfortunately, we particularly blacks, most of us are not working. We would love to contribute to the school that we attended. But unfortunately, joblessness. And then big companies, when you just go and ask for contribution so that they pay back, for instance, uh, 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 people's uh, uh, buying some stuff from the companies, they would just tell you that, no, 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 no. Uh, we are reckless. We tend to bend their shops, you see, and other schools as well. When you contribute some maybe 100 rand or something to the schools, you find that the, the, the management of the school chow the money. Thank you. It's Willie and Christian. Good evening. Um, this is Uvuyisa from Esbeli Nikomani. Um, lovely topic that you guys are having um, tonight. Uh, truth of the matter, came down is that, look, we really don't care. Um, I live in a place where we've got about 18 schools. There's no sports. There's no proper fields. Even where there is a field, it looks like, you know, Amarelo, where cows eat, you know. Nobody really cares. You know, we've got people, we've got cars, principals, you know. They, 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 they don't show the initiative. And it's all about books, 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 books. But not every kid is about books. Some kids want sport, and no one wants to actually do anything. You know what I mean? They always want to just shift the buck, uh, pass the buck, and then just blame government. But hey, you know, somebody has to do it. So, you know, some of us are doing it. Great topic, guys. Cheers. Yeah, Ndodessa's belly, and he's just outside Queenstown in the Eastern Cape, formerly known as Queensdale. Butando, 2044, you have five minutes. Yeah. As, as soon as we'll probably need to have another day, and uh, I agree. We, 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 I am trying us to get to walk another 
that has has been less been covered. We must not be under any illusion that the road that I am suggesting is very challenging. Um, it's very challenging because one, Songhezo, as a country, we don't have a vision. I mean, if you can open a program and say, what is the vision of us in South Africa? You will get many visions, which are divisions. Secondly, it's, it's, it's that anything that we are coming up for, with, for the development of our people is going to be challenged, seriously challenged. And unless we clearly define to ourselves who are wanting to chant this road, what, how far are we able, how far are we willing to go to make sure that there's a change in this country? Do I expect if I come with a billion project, everyone is going to be excited about it, especially the powers that be? Do I expect that, or do I expect to fight until the end? If it's banging the door, do I expect that the Department of Higher Education, if I have, if I have an experience of being an artisan, that they are going to be welcoming, or I am going to say, whatever I have, I'm going to make sure that I am doing it. If it takes me to go to an FE college, FET college, and say to them, uh, give me this workshop that does not work, I will show you how to train artisans. Or do I expect that everyone is going to be clapping hands for me? And do we, when we think about contribution, do we think about money? If I'm unemployed, do I have a skill to mentor someone who's doing great art, a child that is doing great art? Does that require me to have money? If I see, do I, if I see that sports fields um, are not mowed or the, the, the grass is long, do, 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 I, do I require money to do that? Or do I require to start doing something and more that or cut that grass in whatever way if it means collecting other unemployed people to do it? Let's not be any under any illusion. The road that I am, I am conversing for here is very difficult. But do we have something to die for as, as a people in this country? Are we able to die for what we see it should, it should be done? Uh, am I able to say in my own community, if it has to be done, it must be done by me? Again, it's not going to be easy. Uh, I'm a living testimony that whatever I am doing now in schools around Cape Town, I, I banged my head on a wall with, with the department until I thought of another strategy. Now I am in. Now I am doing it. It did not come through the department. I had to press on. And I want to adjourn 
and encourage every one of us um, and those who want to do something. It's not a, it's not going to be easy, but do it anyway. And I am saying to Mike, there's another way of persuading the government is and showing politicians is to do it ourselves. I mean, why is AfriForum building its own university whilst the government is corrupt? Should we be waiting for the government? Um, should we be only be fighting the government in courts and not be doing our own thing? Isn't it that, um, uh, in, a, in a sense, forestalling our progress if we're going to wait for, for the verdicts of the courts on the money? I'm saying let's challenge that, but it's not the only way. The most probably effective way is when we do it ourselves. And this is what, where I am coming from. Unless we do something ourselves, um, unless we are willing to die for what we believe should be done and it's the right way, then we, we will wait for the government. We will be constantly be in courts fighting the government, which is good. But I'm saying we cannot be leaner in our approach. We have to be diverse in our approach. And one of the approaches is doing it ourselves. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, Wutanda. Thank you so much for your time, for your thoughts. You really did trigger a lot of people there, given the rate of participation, both by way of voice notes and calls, and some more voice notes that we have not yet played, but certainly will make time to do so. You make a valid point, and I think I'm going to invite uh, Soltec, the the trade school in Centurion, in fact, alongside Waterkloof Air Force Base, Monument Stroke Waterkloof in Pretoria, to have a conversation about how they were able to organize and establish the world-class institution that Soltech is. It's a trade school. After Dirk Herman here, the CEO of Solidarity was a guest on SAFM. He invited me to go and have a look at what it is that they were doing. I went there, I was treated very well, I was given lunch, they took me on a tour, everything happened on time, and the highest decision makers at executive level were there to meet me. There was only one thing to do there, it was simply to applaud a center that exuded all things excellence, the facilities, the technology, and of all things, what their vision was, and as important, if not most important, how it came about simply members of the Africana community over an extended period of time were donating 10 rands. And what do they have now as at Feb 2021? A Soltec institution as a trade school. Forget everything else that I have not said because it is not important. What is, is what I've said. And it is possible in all our communities. Butando, thank you. Good evening and thank, thank you. you so much you. for a thought-provoking topic. In fact, you will come back when I have Soltec here. You will come back. I'll make sure that you do. 2051, let's take a short break.